Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Views from the 573 Podcast. Hope you all are doing well on this Thursday afternoon. The College Bowl season is officially here. That's right. All of our bowl games are set up. Our college football playoff is set up with our final four teams. We are all good to go, and we are going to find out who is going to win that final four between those four teams in uh, in a few weeks. So college football season is done. We're going to talk a little bit about that, talk a little bit about the Heisman, talk about a couple other stuff that's going on in the world of college sports, uh, including a couple more coaching changes, transfer portal opening up. That's been a big thing to keep an eye on. I swear I haven't entered the transfer portal as of yet. <laughs> so um, that's going on. NFL, of course, we are getting really close towards the end of the regular season in the NFL with only a few more weeks left. And we still got a lot of playoff spots up in the air, a couple divisions up in the air with a couple things going down last week. So we are going to talk about that. And of course, there's a couple other things we'll touch on, but those are going to be for later pods, which next week. There are probably going to be two pods. I got two pods scheduled for next week. And uh, hopefully, uh, if our schedules works out, me and Matt, we're going to be getting together here in the next few days. We're going to catch up, talk about more in depth about all these moves in free agency right now with Major League Baseball. We're going to touch on a few of them, but probably not go full in depth into them until we get together. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the NFL season a little bit more as uh, things are getting really close. We're going to talk about, you know, the playoff push, all that stuff. Maybe talk a little bit of fantasy. But uh, that's going to be one pod next week. Next week, probably be released. Well, the, the pod with Matt will probably be released maybe Monday or Tuesday. And then we'll have our regular weekly one uh, coming out next Thursday. Um where me and Charles, we're going to get together, we're going to talk some hoops and see where we are about you know, a couple months into the season with uh, the Christmas Day slate really getting here, uh, with that being in a couple weeks. So we're going to talk some hoops, and of course we'll talk about some of the other stuff going on in sports, talk about the NFL games the next week, talk about the bowl games that are happening, and anything else that pops up. So that's going to be kind of the rundown for the next couple couple uh, pods right there. So we'll have this one. We'll have one with me and Matt, and we'll have one with me and Charles and uh, split them up. So a lot of pods coming your way on the Views channel here to close out this year. A lot of stuff happening going on towards the end of the year. So that is pretty much what we are going to discuss. So let's get started with this week's pod, and let's get started right off the bat with a couple bits of news and notes. One thing that has been something that we've all been keeping an eye on was whether Brittany Grinder was going to get back to the U.S. She's been in Russia for so long. And so a trade went down today where the United States swapped somebody for her. And so she is coming back home. And that happened today. That's one of the first things I saw when I woke up was on my notifications is that that was happening. And so... There's that little bit of news right there. 
Uh, it's been a long time coming. It's been a long time wondering if anything was going to happen with that. And so that is officially happening. And I think from what Biden has said, she is on a plane home right now. So there we go. World Cup. Let's see where we're at with the World Cup. Unfortunately, the United States in the knockout round was defeated by the Netherlands 3-1. to one. Uh, I tell you what, they had an excellent chance really early on with Pulisic in, uh, in about the first three or, or four minutes. And then not too long after that, Memphis Depay uh, fr from the Netherlands goes and scores first goal 10 minutes in. They're up two, zip. United States comes back and gets a goal in, thinking maybe there's a comeback happening. Uh, but Netherlands was just too much for the USA. But you know what? I give them props for what they've done with the perception of the program of, uh, you know, the last few years where, of course, they hadn't been in the World Cup in a while. They're back in here. They get to the knockout stage. They just need a couple more pieces. They need a couple more pieces in there, really good striker, somebody that you can kick it into the box when you have a corner, uh, stuff like that. But uh, really solid effort from the guys. So they're out. Netherlands moves on. And they are going to face Argentina here in the next few days. So that's uh, what we got with the quarterfinals. But knockout stages, Croatia beating Japan, Brazil beating Korea. We have England beating Senegal, France beating Poland. We got Morocco and Spain going to penalty kicks and Morocco defeating Spain. So Spain is, is not making it to the quarterfinal stage. So that's a big shocker. And then Portugal beating Switzerland. And now we got our knockout. We got our quarterfinal stage set up rather with uh, all these games happening uh, here in the next day or so with Netherlands and Argentina and Croatia and Brazil. Those two games are going to be happening tomorrow while England playing France. That should be a fun one. And Morocco and Portugal. Those two games are going to be played on Saturday. So those are our four games that we have left before we get to the semis and then, of course, a uh, game for third place and then our World Cup final which our World Cup final, December 18th. So about 10 days away. So 10 days from now, we'll have a World Cup champion. So that's where we are with the World Cup as of now. And so moving on from the World Cup, let's talk a little bit about these baseball moves before we get into college football here. So with these baseball moves that are going on, a lot of them are still going on. Uh, Aaron Judge, the big fish off free agency, going back to the Yankees on a nine-year deal for $360 million. From what has been said is significantly less than what the Padres are offering, 10 years, $400 million. Judge is still going to be one of the highest paid players in all of baseball. So uh, he, him, along with guys like Verlander and DeGrom are going to be up there, which speaking of those two, Verlander is going to the New York Mets, and DeGrom is leaving the Mets to go to the Texas Rangers. So a couple big-time pitchers going to different spots here. And uh, as I said, Verlander 
is going to get a big time deal from the Mets. So is Degrom from the Rangers. So that's happening. Uh, Trey Turner leaving the Dodgers and going to Philadelphia, going to play for the Phillies. You know the Phillies had a really good run this past season. So we'll try. They're going to try to see if Trey Turner is going to be the piece that can get them over the hump. And then one of the more notable moves, one of the more local moves, is Wilson Contreras yesterday signing with the Cardinals. You know, Cardinals, you're looking for that next guy to to step in behind the plate. It's going to be near impossible to kind of re- to try to replace what Yadier Molina did back there. But they bring in Wilson Contreras, three-time All-Star, really good catcher. And you take him from a rival, too, so there's that. Five years, around 87.5, I believe is the number. And that's pre- that's a pretty good deal for, uh, for what uh, he's going to get. The Astros were in on him from what I've read, and they were out on the five years. Cardinals were willing to make that change and go to five years. I believe that deal was around a $17.5 million average. Uh, forgive me if the math is wrong. I'm not a math guy, but uh, that's a pretty good deal. If you're the Cardinals, you, you get a guy that can step in behind catcher, a proven catcher, one that's one of the best in, in the league, and also add a little bit more offense to that position by uh, adding him to the lineup. So that's a big-time move right there, and it's a kind of change from what the Cardinals are known to do in getting somebody out, on the outside of the organization in free agency and, try, and testing that model that they have where it's like homegrown players or they'll make the trades to bring in somebody like a Goldschmidt or Arenado. You know, and speaking of those two, those two got to be happy right now with this move as well. So that model will indeed be tested with this move. Those are some of the moves that are happening, some of the more notable moves that's uh, happening right now in Major League Baseball. Uh, you know, one just popped in my mind, Xander Bogarts, the shortstop from the former shortstop from the Red Sox, going to the Padres. So the Padres, they do get somebody big time on the market to come play for them. But uh, again, we'll talk a little bit about that more about these moves more in depth when me and Matt get together. But uh, that's what's going on in the world of baseball. A lot of activity here in free agency. So I guess let's get to college football, and let's talk about a couple things before we talk about the games. A couple coaching moves. Jeff Brom leaving Purdue, going back to his alma mater, going to Louisville with Scott Satterfield going to Cincinnati after Luke Fickle left for Wisconsin. So Brom is going back to Louisville, leaving Purdue. He had a really solid run there at Purdue. So he's going back home. But the big time coaching move that we were anticipating last week and said there are a couple teams that were trying to get him there was with Deion Sanders. And he is going to go to Colorado to be their new head coach. Now from I saw something that said they don't quite have the money yet, but they're working towards that. And he's getting a a big deal to go there, to go coach for Colorado, who has not been relevant in so long, to try to make them relevant again in the Pac-12. And listen, if Colorado, you make this is kind of a splash high right here, and you're going to have a lot of people that weren't considering to come play for you, whether it's transfer portal or recruits. 
that are going to want to come there because Dion is there. And as far as him leaving Jackson State the way he did, listen, I'm not going to begrudge the man who wants to, who sees an opportunity to coach in the Power Five. You know, you some, you know, these coaching changes. There, there's really is no perfect way to do this. I mean, we we saw what Lincoln Riley did last year with him leaving Oklahoma for USC. There really is no perfect way, and you can kind of say the same thing here. Even though Dion is leaving an HBCU that has really brought some notoriety here in the last year or so, bringing in some of his guys, his son playing out sanding there at quarterback, bringing in the number one recruit in Tra- Travis Hunter last year. So these coaching moves, listen, they're really tricky about how you want to handle them with uh, how you want to handle the place you're leaving and what do you want to say and how do you want to leave and all that stuff. There's almost really no perfect way to do that. But uh, for Colorado, really love the hire. And Dion is definitely going to bring a new type of energy to that program, a, a program that has not had that type of energy in a long time. So I thought my UT program had not had that type of energy for a long time. Colorado has probably not had it for even longer. So Dion is going to Colorado, and uh, he, you can guarantee he's going to get after it in the transfer portal, which again is blowing up. Is <laughs> blowing up with all these players. His son is going to go play there. Travis Hunter is probably going to go transfer from Jackson State to Colorado. And so you're probably going to see a lot of players in the portal uh, be in, be really looking at Colorado and wanting to go play there. So that's really what's going on with uh, with surrounding those two subjects. Uh, and going to the Heisman before we get to the games, the Heisman finalists, um, Caleb Williams from USC, Max Dugan from TCU, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State, and Stetson Bennett from Georgia. Now, you can probably guess that myself, along with just a just a few um, UT fans, are probably not were probably upset that Hooker did not get invited to be a finalist. And listen, I think we were all, we're all just upset that you know he wasn't invited. Just strictly invited. We didn't care if he won if he won the Heisman or not. Just thought, hey, he is deserving of going. And look at the season he had, and it's Heisman worthy. And listen, he might not win it, but just invite him. And a great player on the field, great person off the field. Um, you can say the same thing about Blake Corum. Look at the year he had at Michigan, and uh, you know in. At the end of the season, both those two got hurt. So I don't know if that was kind of a a mark against them. But uh, those two had excellent seasons, and it's a shame that you're not going to see them invited now. We Probably we all think Stetson probably shouldn't have been a finalist. Give him credit for what he's done at his time in Georgia. He's done a whole lot as a guy that walked on there, transferred out, went back there, and has done what he's done. But I think if you look at Corm and Hooker seasons, they're just better than Bennett's season. They're just better. Um, 
if you look at it. But uh, with the other three, I have no problem with the with the other three. Caleb Williams has been outstanding this year. Of course, bad loss in the Pac-12 championship to Utah. Uh, Max Dugan with what he's done with TCU wasn't even the starter coming in to the season, and guy gets hurt, comes in, and just plays with his hair on fire. And then C.J. Stroud uh, just ha- has been having a really good season as well. Didn't have a good performance against Michigan. So, I mean, I think if you can take a look at a lot of these guys, you can have a performance to say, like, well, they didn't do as well. But all these guys, uh, those guys are pretty much expected, especially Stroud and Williams. You didn't know if Dugan was going to get in. Didn't think Bennett was going to get in. I would even say Bryce Young is probably a little bit more deserving just because of what uh, he means to that Alabama program. And uh, you saw where they were uh, when he wasn't playing for them. But uh, there's the Heisman right there. A little bit of, a bit of Heisman stuff, and so we'll see who wins that award. Uh, I did pick Stroud for the award, so thankfully this year the guy I picked is actually going to New York, unlike last year with Uli Ungulale, who is in the transfer portal. So uh, go figure. But uh Happy to get a guy that's actually going to New York uh, as one of my picks. You know, happy to get that at least a little bit right in some ways. But uh, there we go. So let's take a look at this season uh, with the season closing with the conference championship games. And let's talk about all of them. And uh, let's start off with which one did we start off with last week? As far as picks goes, uh, went 6 out of 10, got the AAC Championship, Big 12 Championship wrong, the MAC Championship, Mountain West, and Pac-12 Championship wrong. But uh, let's go through them uh, really quickly, and we'll get to the bowl games and some of the ones I'm looking at that could be uh, really fun. So right now with the oh, with the first one, Clemson, North Carolina, whoever won this was probably going to play Tennessee in the Orange Bowl, and we know that it's going to be Clemson. Speaking of DJ Uwe Ungulale, who's transferring out, it's quarterback, it's Kay Klublik's job now, the, the true freshman, came in and did a really good job, and Clemson wins 39-10. to So they get their 11th win the season. They're going to the Orange Bowl, and playing in one of the big-time bowl games. So moving on from the AAC or the ACC, let's go to the AAC and let's talk UCF-Tulane. Uh, ranked matchup between these two. Went with, two, went with UCF here, but Tulane with a New Year's Six bowl game on the line wins this one 45-28. Really spectacular job by the Tulane Green Wave this year, getting to 11 wins on the season. Just a remarkable year uh, from there. Michael Pratt, their quarterback, threw for 394 yards, four touchdowns, and a pick. Uh, he just that whole Tulane offense was just clicking on uh in that championship game. So they are moving on. They're playing in the New Year's Six Bowl game. 
So congrats to them. Next up, Big 12 Championship game. This one went right down to the wire, went into overtime, and included a couple big-time plays by the Kansas State Wildcats to force TCU in overtime. They turned it over, trying to get, get on fourth down. They couldn't. Kansas State kicks a field goal to win it in overtime, 31-28, to and get the 10 wins handing TCU their one loss. And, you know, I think we talked about a couple times last week where you got sort of a, a revenge game uh, with uh, USC and Utah. And that's kind of my whole thing about why I picked USC. But maybe I should have picked Kansas State with this one since they played earlier and TCU beat them. But, uh, man, what great win for Kansas State. They're heading off to a New Year's Six Bowl game. And TCU, even though they got one loss, they're still in the college football playoff. They still found a way to make it in, even with the loss. So next one up, we we got the Big Ten Championship, Purdue, Michigan, Aiden O'Connell. We didn't know if he was going to play for Purdue, but he ended up playing. He ended up throwing for over 360 yards in this game. Uh, did throw two interceptions. You know, it was somewhat close. At, at halftime, it was 13 to 14 Michigan. And then in that second half, you know, Michigan, pretty good second half team. We've seen it here in the last few weeks. And, you know, Michigan did it again, winning 43 to 22, scoring 29 points in the second half compared to Purdue's nine. So outscoring them by 20. JJ McCarthy, pretty solid game. Don, Donovan Edwards. Another good performance on the ground. And so Michigan, 13-0, the two-seed in the college football playoff, and Big Ten champions. So the next one up, we got a little bit of Conference USA action, North Texas and UTSA. Uh, this one was on Friday. UTSA get, looking to get their 11th win and getting – the Conference USA Championship, and they did so winning this one 48-27, to winning by three touchdowns. So they win Conference USA. Next one up, we got some action. Toledo versus Ohio. I win with the Bobcats here, but Toledo decides to go in and gets the win 17-7. to Really... Defensive kind of game here, looking at the stats. And, you know, Toledo, they were up 10-7 heading into the fourth quarter. And that final touchdown in the fourth quarter uh, was what did it and pushed them over the edge, winning by 10. So Toledo are your MAC champions. Next up, Mountain West. Let's go out there. Fresno State and Boise State. Went with Boise State on this one. Again, you know, past history, felt good about it. Fresno State goes and beats Boise State 28-16, scoring 14 points in the fourth quarter to really kind of help themselves out there. Jake Hayner, really good performance out of him from Fresno State. So Fresno wins the Mountain West Championship, and they get to 9-4 and four on the season. And so... How many? We got a couple more. Let's go to the Sun Belt real quick, and we'll talk about these last two games. 
Uh, Sunbelt Coastal Carolina versus Troy. A really good game you would expect between these two. Coastal Carolina, 9-2. Troy, 10-2. And, and Troy just absolutely beat them up. Uh, 45 to 26. And that the score probably wasn't even that close. Because if you look at the box score, Troy was up 17-0 in the first quarter. They scored 14 more points in the second, so they're up 31-7 to at halftime. And then they get 14 more points. They get to 45, and Coastal Carolina scores six right there. But at that point, it's still they still got 13 points, and they're still outmatched. So Coastal Carolina scoring 13 points, kind of keeping it close in the fourth quarter. Uh, so Troy, really big win for them as they get their 11th win of the season and uh, get a big-time win in their conference championship. So now let's move on to the final two Power 5 conference championships, and that is USC and Utah. Of course, we've all saw what Caleb Williams wrote on his fingernails before this game. And I didn't get to see this game since I was working on Friday night, but was kind of keeping up with and seeing what was going on. You know, there are a couple moments where you wondered, where, like, well, is USC about to win this one? And uh, it was a tie game heading into halftime. It was 17-17. to 17. And then Utah, in that second quarter, really kind of, in that second half, rather, really kind of imposed their will, outscoring USC 30-7, to with 23 of those 30 points coming in the final quarter. Uh, Cameron Rising, another good performance out of him. Jackson, the running back, over 100 yards and two touchdowns. And they made life a little bit difficult for Caleb Williams, as Utah, they, uh, they win this one by a little bit more than they won the last one, <laughs> winning by uh, 23 this time and uh, winning 47-24. to 24. So Utah are your Pac-12 champions once again. Now let's go to the SEC Championship, LSU versus Georgia. I think we were all on Georgia for this one. After we saw what happened with LSU against Texas A&M, and without a doubt, pretty much what you expect. Uh, LSU put up 30 on this defense. So that might be a concern for Kirby Smart uh, going into the playoff. But Georgia wins 50-30. to It was 35-10 to in the, at halftime. And so you were really starting to feel like Georgia was going to win this game. Jane Daniels tries to play through his injury. Uh, does his best, but didn't play the whole game. Nussmeyer comes in and pretty much plays the rest of the game. Bennett had a good performance in this game. Uh, Brock Bowers is doing his usual stuff. But Georgia, they go undefeated as well, and they are your number one team in the college football playoff. And with that said, the college football playoff is set up with the matchups being in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Georgia versus Ohio State. So Ohio State, even after what happened against Michigan, finds a way to get into the playoff. What happened to USC really helped them. So they were huge Utah fans on Friday night. 
And so they are in. They are going to be playing Georgia. That should be a fun one. And then the Fiesta Bowl will be Michigan versus TCU. Should be a really fun matchup there with uh, with those two teams. I'm excited to see those two teams go to battle against each other with TCU with their style of play, with Michigan and their style of play, and seeing how they go at it. So that is your college football playoff. We, we're finally here. So one Georgia, two Michigan, three TCU, four Ohio State. And that is your college football playoff. And we are now officially into bowl season, everybody. And boy, oh boy, uh, one of my favorite times of, of the season, even though it means the season is coming to an end, uh, is all these bowl games, all the ridiculous bowl names that you'll have here. Um, so looking at the bowl schedule, I mean, there's a few that catch my eye right off the bat. Uh, one of the early ones, so the Luth Trading Cure Bowl, uh, there we go right off the bat. Matchup between two 11-win teams, 25 UTSA versus 11-2 Troy. That's one of the early bowl games right there. So we're getting a matchup there between 11-2 teams. So that should be a fun contest to watch with uh, with those two teams. And looking at a couple more, Oregon and North Carolina and the Holiday Bowl, that should be a really fun one with a lot of points being scored in that one. Uh, Texas and Washington in the Alamo Bowl should be a fun one. Notre Dame and South Carolina could low-key be a pretty fun one right there. Battle of eight and four teams that are ranked with uh, the run they've kind of had here to close their seasons, especially South Carolina. Uh, the Orange Bowl between my UT Vols and Clemson. The, a real Orange Bowl right here uh, with Tennessee coming in at six and Clemson coming in at seven. That should be a really fun one in Miami, it's an, and it's a night game. So that stadium is going to be more filled up than it is for a Miami Hurricane, Hurricanes regular season home game. So uh, and I'm pretty sure Clemson and UT are going to fill that stadium up. So it's going to be a sharp contrast from what you usually see in that stadium. But uh, that one should be a fun one. Alabama and Kansas State could be a fun one right there. Um, you're, there's a lot of Bama players that are entering the portal, so we'll see who plays and who doesn't. LSU and Purdue could be a sneaky good one in the Citrus Bowl. Uh, you can see a lot of points scored there. Tulane and USC in the Con Bowl is an intriguing matchup there. And there's uh, a really good chance for Tulane to go against a team like USC. We'll have to see how healthy Caleb Williams is that at that point. And then the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl between Penn State and Utah. Um, I'm really curious about Peter Sots. I'm, I'm guessing I won't get any thoughts about this game until it gets a little bit closer to the Rose Bowl. But uh, I, I'm expecting to hear Peter say Utah is going to beat the crap out of Penn State. But uh, that one should be a, a pretty good one as well. A lot of uh, fun, intriguing matchups looking at the bowl schedule. Uh, throughout one of the more intriguing ones is the Fenway Bowl, Wasabi Fenway Bowl. Sorry, between Cincinnati and Louisville because of Scott Satterfield leaving Louisville to coach Cincinnati. So that's not awkward. But uh, bowl season is here. It's going to be a fun one, 
And uh, we're going to pick all these games. But like last year, we're going to set them out week by week. So we have a few set out for next week with, when the first bowl game happens, which I believe is next Friday. And uh, speaking of UTSA and Troy, that game is going to be played uh, next Friday. So one of the ones we mentioned here is going to be played next Friday. So we'll be picking, let me count real quick, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 bowl games next week. As we go from the Bahamas Bowl all the way down to the New Orleans Bowl. So that'll be fun. And of course, the last game we will pick will be our national championship as we see who wins those matchups between Georgia and Ohio State and Michigan versus TCU. So that is the college football regular season all wrapped up in a nice little bow. It's close to Christmas time. So there you go. And we got a nice present in bowl season for us coming up. So with that all being said, let's move on and let's talk about what's going on in the NFL. As uh, quite a few interesting games happening this past weekend with uh, something including my Titans coming up here in the last couple days. But we'll talk about that when we get to the game as uh, there's been a couple prevailing thoughts as to maybe why it happened then. But uh, we'll definitely talk a little bit more about that when we get to that. But first game up, we have Buffalo versus New England. Buffalo goes and wins that game at New England 24-10. Josh Allen, not a really big day from him, but still just enough. For Buffalo to get the win there and get a win over an in-division opponent. And listen, you can't discount those. So next one up, we got, let me pull up the NFL schedule up. Uh, we got, we got Minnesota versus the Jets. A really fun game. Uh, Mike White coming off his excellent performance the previous week. And the Vikings looking to get the 10 wins at home. And it was a really close one, really fun game towards the end. Jets find a way to come back. But Minnesota outlasts the Jets, and they win 27-22. to uh, Mike White ha having another pretty solid day, even though he didn't throw a touchdown, did throw two picks. Due for 369 yards in this game. And it looks like one of his favorite targets is Garrett Wilson. But Jets was not enough in this game. And Minnesota holds on to win 27-22. Next one up, we got the Giants and Commanders. And there was no winner in this game because it's a tie. Which is everybody's favorite thing in the NFL. We all love ties here. As a, no team wanted to win this game. Giants had a chance, but they failed. Uh, you know, Washington didn't do anything in overtime either. And so we ended up with a good old-fashioned tie. So the Giants are at 7-4-1, and the Commanders are at 7-5-1. So <laughs> not what you want to see in the middle of a playoff chase right now. Titans at Eagles. This one was circled, namely... For A.J. Brown going up against his old team. 
and Eagles win pretty easily 35 to 10. Jalen Hurts having another good day for him. 380 yards, three touchdowns, 29 of 39. AJ Brown going off on his old team, eight catches, 119 yards, two touchdowns. Derrick Henry could not do anything. You start to wonder if the defenses have started to figure that out or if it's just the Titans offensive line. And uh, give a shout-out to Traylon Burks. Awesome touchdown catch. And you wonder if he didn't get hurt there. Titans maybe would have had a better feel of their offense later on. But they only brought four wide receivers, I, I believe, in for this game. So having one knocked out the way he did, you, you feel for him. The guy has been really coming on as of late. And that was an excellent touchdown catch. Uh, you just hate that uh, it resulted in him. Uh, getting hurt like that and so prayers up for him that he's able to come back soon but Titans lose this game go to 7-5 still ahead in their division but are now without a GM as they fired John Robinson Johnny Simo uh, if you remember the pod back in the Simo days we we got a little piece from one of our arrow reporters who talked with John Robinson and Asked him if we can maybe put it on the pod, and that's what we did. So going all the way back to that, uh, he is now out as the Titans GM. And you start to wonder if all these moves here recently in this season, going all the way back to the A.J. Brown trade, really was the straw that broke the camel's back. And you, you probably start to wonder, was Sunday's performance by A.J. thing that did John Robinson in at the end? And you don't know. And... You start to wonder, could there be a power struggle between Vrabel and Robinson? Vrabel, there's a video out there of him, of course, not liking the A.J. Brown trade. There's a couple other comments he's had about like the personnel and the lack of wide receivers and all this stuff. And so you start to wonder if there's an internal, internal struggle and it was either Robinson or Vrabel. So we probably won't know that for sure. But uh, if you look at a Titans owner um, in the past when she fired uh, Mike Malarkey, when Amy Adams Strunk fired Mike Malarkey after he won a playoff game, she was not settled on just having that be the standard. And same thing here, I think, when John Robinson. Sure, he's done an awesome job here with getting the Titans to where they are. But I think it reached a point where we can do better and wanting to find a GM that can find the pieces, can build a really good team. And, I mean, if you look at the team that's currently constructed, a lot of the draft picks here recently haven't panned out in the Titans' favor. So maybe it was indeed time for a change, but it's coming in the middle of the season. and We're coming late in the season, and you probably would expect this to wait till after the season. But happen right now, as, a, as the games are getting close to being done in the regular season. And I'm sure there's something me and Matt will talk about a little bit more. I'm sure this will be brought up uh, when we talk and talk a little bit more about it. But, uh, yeah, big news coming out of Nashville with that happening. Uh, and speaking of uh, Matt, Matt's Ravens taking on Denver this past weekend. Really kind of a close game. Probably not what Matt would have wanted. Ten to nine in favor of Baltimore, and Lamar Jackson is injured in this game, and 
Tyler Huntley comes in there. He does a pretty good job of leading the offense. But right now, Lamar Jackson looks like it's week to week, about one to maybe three weeks with his injury. So Baltimore is going to have to make do in the, in the time being with, uh, with not Lamar Jackson here in the next few weeks. So Ravens win that one. Dolphins, 49ers, those two teams battled each other at San Francisco. And San Fran gets a win 33-17. to And you were wondering if a couple injured players for San Francisco were going to play or not. And somebody did get hurt in this game with Jimmy Garoppolo breaking his foot. Good report for San Fran, though, is that it does sound like he, if the 49ers make a playoff push, that he could be back in time for that. Right now, it is Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, the rookie quarterback from Iowa State, who came in, did a pretty good job of leading this offense and going against this Miami defense and winning 33-17. to uh, he went 25 to 37, 210 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. But uh, with how San Fran is feeling about it right now, they're like, fine, let's roll with them. So there we go. And so 49ers get a win there, but lose their starting quarterback. Lose another starting quarterback, if you remember. So now they've lost Lance for the season. They might have been lucky not losing Garoppolo for the season. So we'll see how that goes for them. Next one up, Chiefs at Bengals. If you remember, I had I had a little bit of a PTSD from a text message from Rebecca about something about a, saying it's a good time to be a Kansas fan, Rock Chalk, Jayhawk, all that stuff. So I remember that last week. I was like, nope, I don't want another one of those messages in the group chat again. I'm going with Kansas City. And uh, I heard about it. So, uh, <laughs> uh you're like, Brian, why did you have some PTSD from last week? But um, Cincinnati, they win this game. This is their like, third straight win over Kansas City. And they went 27-24. Jamar Chase comes back in this game, nearly has 100 yards receiving. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan stepped right into the, into the void left by uh, Joe Mixon and has done awesome while he's been out. Joe Burrow made a couple of really big-time throws late. And Cincinnati, they get the win against Kansas City again, 27-24, to 24, scoring 10 points in the fourth quarter and getting to 8-4. Right now, they are really hot right now. So watch out for Cincinnati. Uh, they got hot around this time last year, so watch out. Chargers going to Las Vegas to play the Raiders. Battle of AFC West teams and Vegas wins this matchup 27 to 20. Herbert, a pretty decent day. Derek Carr, a pretty decent day. Josh Jacobs, a really good day with nearly 150 yards on the ground. Devontae Adams, over 170 yards receiving in this game and two touchdowns. So right now, Vegas is finding a little bit of a groove here as they get to 5 and 7 and the Chargers fall. Two six and six to go to five hundred. Next up, Sunday night game: Colts at Cowboys. And boy, let me tell you, this one was really kind of hard to watch. 
uh, towards the end, especially in that fourth quarter. How do you score 33 points in a quarter? I mean, I could kind of get if it's college football, but uh, NFL, that's just something you don't see every now and then. That's something wild. And, uh, you know, looking at the game, it was 21 to 13 going into halftime. And it was 21-19 heading into the fourth quarter. And then a switch flipped on for Dallas and Indianapolis couldn't stop turnovering, <laughs> couldn't stop losing the ball. Had multiple turnovers. Matt Ryan had three picks. Had fumble recoveries for touchdowns. And Dallas wins 54-19. to Next thing you know, everything goes haywire in that fourth quarter. And Dallas just has a runaway victory right there. So, oh boy. That that fourth quarter was hard to watch if you're a Colts fan and an NFL fan. But if you're a Cowboys fan, that, that, that sure was a lot of fun. And then the Monday night game. A contrast to what we saw in the Sunday night game. Tom makes another comeback. And the Saints cost themselves a win here uh, with how they played towards the end. And Tampa Tom, or whatever you want to call him, finds a way to another, get another comeback and went 17-16 to 16 as he leads a late touchdown drive, doing what he does best to push the Bucks over the edge, 17-16, to 16, and gets the Bucks back to 500 at 6-6. Six and six. So with week number 13 in the books, let's go to week number 14. Let's take a look at what's going on. Let's talk about Vegas going to Los Angeles. And let's spend some time talking about that one. Of course, Vegas, as we said, finding a little bit of a groove here recently. The Rams are really struggling this year. They claimed Baker Mayfield off waivers, and he could potentially start tonight. That's right, start tonight. That's how bad the situation is for the Rams with Stafford being hurt for a lot this year. John Wolford has been hurt and uh, has gotten hurt. And so not a good situation there for the Rams right there. But uh, I think this one is going to be pretty solid for me. This one is going to be the Raiders here and uh, them getting another win here and going to six and seven. So give me the Raiders here to win this one. Next one up, we got the Jets going to Buffalo to try to bounce back and take on the Bills. And I'll tell you what, I think this one could be a little this this one could be close. The Jets are a completely different team under Mike White. And I think that holds true this week. The question is, can the Bills get over that hump? And uh for Buffalo, this would be a a loss, an untimely loss. For, for them, uh, they are 10-point favorite right now. I think I'm going to stick with the favorite, but I think the Jets are going to keep this one close. They are going to keep this one close. They are a different team with Mike White. They love playing with him. That offense has looked different now. Uh, Garrett Wilson has really kind of emerged as the guy there. Elijah Moore has gotten a lot more touches. So I, I'm going to pick the Bills, but I think the Jets – Keep this one close. I don't think it's a 10-point win for the Bills. I think it's about a touchdown or just maybe a little bit less. Maybe seven, six points right there. 
Vikings at Lions. NFC North matchup with this one. Lions have been really hot as of late and have got something good going on under Dan Campbell in his second season as a Lions. I'm trying to look at their schedule and see how many they've, uh, what type of streak they've been on. They've won four of their last five right now with uh, wins over the Packers, Bears, Giants, uh, losing a close one to the Bills and being the Jaguars 40-14 last week. So in that time, they have been the two other NFC North teams. Can they knock off the trifecta? And I think it's impossible. I think this is going to be another close game. I'm going to go with the Vikings here. This one may come back to bite me. I think this one is going to be a really close game. Detroit has been a really decent team here in the last few weeks. And the line is in favor of Detroit right here. But uh, I'm going to go with the Vikings. I'm going to go with the team that has the better record here and uh, take them. So next one up, we got the Jaguars at Titans. Curious to see how the Titans bounce back after last week. Trevor Lawrence, don't know about his status as of yet. As he got hurt in that Lions game. So we'll have to see how he is and see if that's going to be a factor. He is questionable, and that was as of yesterday. But uh, we'll see if uh, he's going to play or not. I mean, I think I will take the Titans. I think it's going to be a close one. I I think, some, you know, if there's no Trevor Lawrence, maybe it's not a, a terribly close one, although with the Titans, anything is possible. But I think I'll take Tennessee to bounce back. Uh, Eagles at Giants. This is a really good NFC East matchup here, right here. Uh, Giants looking to not try to find a way to tie this game. And uh, knocking off the best team in the league. And right now the Eagles are favored by about a touchdown at New York. And, uh, and the Giants from the last week or so come back and playing this game. Eagles all the way, but it's the Giants we've seen here before that. This one could be a close one, but I am going to be taking the Eagles in this one to get to 12 wins. Ravens at Steelers. Steelers have done pretty well here with Kenny Pickett recently. Hat has played turnover-free football. It's looked really good as the starter. And you're playing a Ravens team at home who is without Lamar Jackson. So there's a pretty good case to go and pick Pittsburgh here. I don't know if it's going to be a strong enough case for me to do it. I do want to see what this line is and see who it uh, see who it favors. Favors Pittsburgh. So, again, no Lamar Jackson. That's going to be a problem, I think, for Pittsburgh. And, yes, Tyler Huntley has been uh, is a solid backup. Um, you know, I think I will pick the Ravens here. I think I'll go against the, uh, the spread. I think I'll go with the Ravens. I think they do just enough to go and beat Pittsburgh, but I don't think it's going to be easy. Again, 
It's an AFC North matchup. Those games are always hard-fought games. It's going to go right down to the wire, so give me the Ravens. Chiefs at Broncos. Chiefs looking to bounce back. Broncos, who supposedly Daniel Hackett might be one and done as a, as a head coach this year. And so Broncos may be looking for somebody. You know, I was thinking about guys, and, you know, Sean Payton came to my mind. Doesn't he want to come back and coach? And maybe that could be a fit. But I digress. Um, Chiefs-Broncos, I'm going with the Chiefs here to go to Denver and win. Now, this one could be a crazy one where it's close again. It's a division game. Um, but I am going with the Chiefs to bounce back here and win this one. Buccaneers at 49ers. One of the late window games. How about that? Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, going against the GOAT and Tom Brady in his first career start. Uh, so how about that? Um, that should be uh, interesting to watch. One big note for Tampa, Tristan Wirfs, their right tackle, is out. So that's a big loss for them on the offensive line. So maybe San Francisco's defensive line can take advantage of that. But right now, San Francisco is a home favorite. This one is another one I could see being pretty close. Again, I, I know all these aren't going to be close games. I mean, if they were, we'd be in for a good week of football. Uh, give me the 49ers to beat the Bucks. The Bucks have been inconsistent this year. And, you know, I'll take the 49ers and Brock Purdy's first career start to win this one. And uh, that's something he could say forever if he wins this one. Beat Tom Brady in his first career start. Sunday night game, Dolphins at Chargers. Tua versus Herbert. Uh, so that should be a fun one to watch on Sunday night. See these two young quarterbacks battle it out on the field. And right now, the Dolphins are favored to win this game. Jalen Wild questionable. Tua questionable. Uh, you expect all those guys to play. A couple other guys are questionable for the Chargers. Mike Williams, Kenneth, Mur Kenneth Murray is questionable. Darwin James Jr. So you're worried about that if you're the Chargers. I think it's going to be an awesome battle between these two quarterbacks. But I think I'll take Miami. I don't know if they are going to be able to guard Waddle and Tyreek Hill. I think it's going to be a little bit difficult for that secondary for the Chargers. No J.C. Jackson back there. So he's not covering one of them. So I will take the Dolphins, go into L.A. Sunday night, and win. And then finally, the Monday night game, Patriots. At Cardinals, uh, Cardinals have been a disappointment this year. And the Patriots right now are sitting at 6-6 six and six right now. Uh, right now, Patriots are a small favorite to win this game. You know, this could be one where you could just see the Cardinals closely win. But I think I'm going to... Take this, go with the spread here, and I'm going to go and pick the Patriots to go and win this one on the road and beat Arizona. So that is it for week number 14, week number 14 in the books as far as picks are concerned. And that'll be the end of this pod. Thank you all for tuning in. As always, be sure to go 
check us out wherever you guys get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe, give us a rating, review, all that good stuff. Go check us out at Twitter at 573pods. Again, a couple pods coming your way next week. Pods talking a little bit more in-depth about the playoff push going on in the NFL and all these MLB free agency moves. And another one next week talking about what's going on in the NBA and picking some of the bowl games next week. So keep those two in mind on the feed next week. Try I'll try to do an entertainment pod here in the next day or so, uh, talking about a couple things going on uh, with Disney. Go and talk about that a little bit. But a lot of big stuff coming out of D.C. here uh, yesterday. So we'll try to cover that and talk about that on the entertainment feed. But that'll do it for me here. Everybody, hopefully you all have a good rest of your day. Hopefully you, you all have a good weekend. I'll talk to you all next time.